to the Stress Reduce Fat Loss Podcast, where we teach and mentor you, the health and fitness professional, on how to holistically transform your client's body, health, and life. I'm one of your hosts, Ken Sylvan. Alongside me, you'll hear from Joe Arcos, Sarah Fennell, and Barrett Ozef. Each episode, you'll have a combination of us sharing our 70-plus years of combined knowledge and experience in the health and body transformation industry. Our goal is to help you expand your awareness of holistic transformations and teach you how to get deeper results for your clients. Let's jump into this episode. Welcome to the Stress Reduce Fat Loss Podcast. I'm your host today, Ken Sylvan. Hope everyone's doing great out there. Today, we're going to talk about why sleep is that first step in your fat loss journey and why it should be. As coaches, many times we we want to start as fat loss journey with our clients. We want it to be holistic. But for many coaches I've seen over the years, they're missing a very important point. And they get right into food and, and struggle sometimes with the body moving the way that it should. And today we're going to touch on some points as to why sleep is that foundation that allows all of the things that happen in a fat loss or a transformation journey happen a lot easier. Okay, so... And even if you think about sleep, so many people come into their day tired. And one of the biggest reasons we don't see that is obviously the evolution of coffee in our lives. Okay. And coffee has masqueraded, I think, a lot of people's inability to sleep well. And I'm definitely not hating on coffee. I'm sure if uh, <laughs> my co-host uh, Bharat was here, he'd be like, hey, bro, coffee, man. Don't talk bad about coffee. So don't worry. <laughs> I'm not hating on coffee. But it has allowed us to sleep poorly and still somewhat function. Um, and a big part of that when we see is when children do similar things that we do with not having coffee in their lifetimes, we see a marked difference in their behavior and how they feel. So without getting too far down that rabbit hole, but yeah, kids aren't drinking coffee. So they will exude those symptoms right away. Lethargy, uh, irritability, uh, no focus, uh, tired, uh, all these different things that we would have if we weren't able to drink things like Guru or, you know, or, or, co or coffee or all these other great drinks that we have to keep us, uh, they give us wings, uh, as we would say. So. Um, today, I'm going to hop next and talk a little about circadian rhythm because first understanding, well, you know, where is sleep playing in our lives? You know, why is it such an issue? What are some of the foundational things that affect sleep and wake and all these different things? So let's go into something called circadian rhythms. And without getting too crazy sciencey, it is that internal clock that we have that tells us, well, when should we be getting to bed? When does digestion slow down? You know, when are we waking up in the morning? What are we repairing at certain times? And it's vital because if we don't pay attention to our circadian rhythm and, and what it's telling us, we can really start pushing our body to places that it doesn't want to be. Um, and when you look at circadian rhythm, certain things stand out for us. For example, when we start approaching the evening time, we're looking at digestion slowing down around 7 30, 8 o'clock, getting the body ready to calm down, okay? We're looking at taking nutrients, building serotonin, which eventually will help with our melatonin production, which is so important to us, relaxing, staying calm, and staying in sleep. 
We also look at things like temperature, which affect our circadian rhythm. So, you know, if you're sleeping in a room and you have very thick blankets on, you know, or flannel sheets, covers, uh, pajamas, you know, high heat in the room, that again tells our brain because of our circadian rhythm, hey, maybe it's morning, maybe it's warm. Warm is morning, let's wake up, which is disrupting sleep. So there's, there's many things that uh, are so important for circadian rhythms that we need to remember. Light, again, looking at light before bed, we know this now, you know, most people wearing blue light glasses, having light or blue light, especially in the nighttime is going to affect again, uh, our ability to produce melatonin it tells our brain, hey, sun's out, let's go. Sun's out, guns out, right? Let's get up, let's do things, let's run around, let's not go to bed. And you see people with disrupted sleep again in the night. So, and as a result in the morning, you know, adrenals don't fire. We're tired in the morning because we've been kind of awake all night. So that's your circadian rhythms kind of in a nutshell, uh, explaining kind of why that's so important for us uh, in terms of in terms of sleep. So now that we've understood circadian rhythms, I'm going to talk a little bit and get into a little bit deeper about how poor sleep can affect different things. So think of, and I think when people relate back to sleep, especially as coaches, all the coaches out there, a lot of you may not be thinking that sleep is that vital, you know, with, with all the motivational speakers out there in the world saying they sleep three to four hours a night because they can get more done. But <laughs> when you look at a client that's coming in for your, you know, for your help, their sleep may be the, the biggest factor in their fat loss journey. And again, we have a, a course called the Transformation Mentorship, where we obviously are teaching students, trainers, nutritionists, practitioners, our stress-reduced fat loss uh, system. And one of the first foundational stages in that is about sleep. So what are some things that poor sleep can show up as? Well, we're going to look at cardiovascular systems. Okay. Let's step away from just fat loss for a second and say some, some of the studies out there are showing us that when sleep is poor, and that means people not going to bed by 10 o'clock, you know, people waking up multiple times in the night, we're seeing a huge decline in their cardiovascular activity, uh, our cardiovascular performance, and their cardiovascular health, which is something most people aren't talking about. So cardiovascular is one of them. We see a huge thing about memory. You know, there are huge studies out there, which we've seen and talked about, where when people aren't sleeping properly, you know, for days at a time, their brain is now functioning like they're drunk, which is a scary thought when you get in a car and drive around or make decisions or speak to your loved ones, speak to your kids. You're now acting in a way that is disrupted. Um, not to mention performances down on field. We see with athletes performances down, you know, um, practicing an event and then going out in the field the next day after poor sleep shows a decline in the ability to repeat what you've learned and improve on it. So all you athletes out there or coaches that are focusing more on strength training athletes and performance, your athlete getting a great night's sleep will actually be able to take what they've learned on the field, in the gym, on the ice, and perform better because the brain actually replays those uh, muscles that are firing and nerves that are firing and replays them over and over again so you have a better, more cohesive person. There's more reaction and, and better performance. And then obviously, we're going to talk about now cortisol being up, fat loss being down, digestion being different. These are all different things now that come with uh, sleep being poor. So, you know, when sleep actually gets better, we're seeing difference in, I know with clients and students from our mentorship, uh, verify this, they also see that 
bowels are better. So when sleep is better, bowels get better. And that's that's an important point that I think they go hand in hand. We've seen over the last two decades is working on your sleep for people that have chronic bowel issues. It will help relieve a lot of it. Now, why? Remember, if we aren't sleeping, evolutionarily, there's one reason, a lot of it. And a lot of it is safety. We're staying awake so we don't get murdered <laughs> for many of us. You know, don't think procreation. Think I'm staying safe here. So if I'm safe and I'm awake, stress hormone is elevated. And if stress hormone is elevated, that is going to affect the bowels. It is going to affect our ability to go to the bathroom, relief, because we're now in flight or fight. Okay, so it's very important. Uh, that part of it. So bowels can improve with that from relaxing the nervous system. Okay. Many other things that are going to get better. Mood's going to be better. We know from three to six or more like two to six in the morning, our brain, our nervous system is being worked on. We're changing from hypervigilance into a more relaxed state. We're obviously sending neurotransmitters to brain, getting our brain healthy. We are relieving emotions, storing them. Okay. All these things that are important for us to wake up the next day and not be like hypervigilant again. So when we sleep better, our mood is better. Okay. Which is obviously great if you're going to hang around anyone else besides yourself. Uh, we see cycles and periods better. Okay. Because then again, we are looking at how stress hormone can affect the liver. If stress hormones elevated from evolutionary, it's not even great to think about procreation, but beyond that, we're looking at what stress hormone chronically can do to the liver itself. And I would say puts a fire in it. It'll inflame that liver. If the liver is inflamed, it's not great at cleaning, cleaning toxins, ordering progesterone, estradiol, getting things in the right place. So now cycles and periods aren't where they should be. More premenstrual issues, more cramping, bloating, pain, things like that, cravings. So a lot of different items are going to come with better sleep. So let's talk about specifically now what we teach in our mentorship, our transformation mentorship, why sleep is so vital. Okay. And let's talk about the big three hormones. And those big three are going to be insulin, cortisol, and growth hormones. So I'm going to talk about how sleep will affect those. So number one, when you look at uh, how it affects insulin, if sleep isn't great or we aren't sleeping well, okay, we are now going to have elevated insulin, which means when someone's having food, their response is going to be a higher insulin push in the system even if they're having something that is lower glycemic. So if you're having sweet potato squash, different things, you may be releasing insulin like you are having cake and pasta from that being awake at night. Okay, so that's a, that's a very big game changer in the fat loss journey coaches because your client can then be following their meal plan and if they aren't sleeping well, their response to foods is worse. They're releasing more insulin and insulin, A, besides being the hormone of aging, can also increase the amount of adipose tissue we put on if incorrectly released or chronically released. That's number one. Number two, we look at stress hormone. Poor sleep, we just talked about it, will raise stress hormone. It's an evolutionary danger signal. Or it could be a time to wake up time. If we're getting light and different things and that's disrupting our sleep, bam, we want to wake up. Stress hormone's elevated. And stress hormone's chronically elevated, not just elevated, because we do need stress hormone elevated at times. But if it's chronically elevated, we're going to start seeing A, more body fat in the midsection, B, different issues with digestion, bowels, appetite, which all spin back to fat loss issues. Okay, whether it's not being able to go to the bathroom and detoxify, whether it's low appetite and then snacking later, whether it's poor digestion, low stomach acid, we teach a lot of that in our mentorship. 
testing stomach acid. So many people come in with low stomach acid from this. And then that's not digesting food, maybe growing microbes, yeast, fungus, so on, which creates another cycle, slows down fat loss. So these are our big three reasons. Growth hormone's the last one. Growth hormone released when we sleep. It's so important to stay young, to repair the body, to feel better, to have more energy, to be more muscular, to be leaner, to be happier, more vital. So without great sleep, we are no longer releasing uh, growth hormone properly or effectively which again is a massive impact on our fat loss. So lastly, even thyroid. So poor sleep, again, because it affects the big three, the big three affect our thyroid. And our thyroid, uh, well, that's everything fat loss, weight loss, mood, sex drive, skin. But from a fat loss perspective, if your thyroid's not functioning well, okay, it is not going to be releasing thyroid stimulating hormone T3 properly, and that's going to affect our fat loss in a massive way. So we have now four different ways that sleep can impact our fat loss. So now we understand better working on sleep should be the key. Okay. Now, coaches out there, you do want to know, how do you know sleep is good or bad? That's a question that sometimes we get asked, or at least how do we even know it's getting better? Number one, are they going to bed or falling asleep around 10 o'clock? If they have to stay up 11, 12, 1 to wind down, so to speak, chances are cortisol is so high in their system, their sleep isn't going that great. So if they are going to bed at 10 now, how fast are they falling asleep? Are they taking five minutes to fall asleep or are they taking 25 minutes to fall asleep? Well, five minutes is ideally where we want people to be. That means their brain can calm down, get into sleep easily, and they're not counting sheep every night. So if your client's taking more than five minutes, Every minute after five minutes is more of a sleep concern. So if they're falling asleep quickly, we know sleep's getting better. That's an important one. For, the next one is, are they getting up in the middle of the night? If clients are not waking up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, to go look out the window, to toss and turn, to look at the clock, you know their sleep is deep and repairing. Okay, that's another way. Hey, not waking up, that's awesome. And it has nothing to do with water. We've touched on this before within reason, unless you have a small diagnosed bladder or prostate issues, it is more to do with how deep your sleep is. In deeper levels, you're not getting sensory touch, temperature um, kind of information. So deeper sleep, not waking up in the middle of the night, better sleep again. And last one, are you waking up refreshed? How is that morning? Are you like, uh, I don't want to get up. I want to lie here some more. Like, are you? is that how your client's waking up in the morning? Or are they like, yep, I'm up. If they have an alarm, are they getting up past the alarm or turning it off and ready to sit up and go? Or are they lying in bed, rubbing their eyes, falling back asleep, waking up 20 minutes later, you know, groggy, can't function, can't think, need my cup of java? Those are all signs that your adrenals were firing all night and they're not ready to fire in the morning. So those are some really, really quick tips to show you coaches out there. Is your client's sleep improving? Based on that, you can get a, a better understanding. Yeah, things are going in the better place. Now, I remember a time when my sleep was, I thought it was great, but it was horrible. Actually, I remember a couple of times. I remember way back in the day taking us a, a fat burner called Rip Fuel by Twin Lab. I love that product. It was a great product. And I'd take it right before bed because I remember the dosing was two, three times a day. And I'd take breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I'd take it sometimes right before bed and go to sleep. And I remember saying, my sleep's amazing because I can take rip fuel and go right to bed. And I remember learning more. My mom was a nurse at the time and her telling me, no, Ken, that means your adrenal glands aren't firing that great. They're so fatigued that it's not affecting them because that should wake you up and disrupt your sleep. And I was like, nah, mom, you don't know what you're talking about. It only took you later to figure out, yeah, that's right. 
my adrenals aren't that great. They aren't firing properly. They are fatigued because I can take a stimulant and still fall asleep. Mind that sleep wasn't great, but it could still fall asleep. Fast forward years later, I remember needing to unwind. I'm a night owl. I need to go to bed at 11, 12. That was my night. My night didn't start kicking off till 10 o'clock, 11, 12. And getting up six, seven, I was fine to get going, but not realizing that going to bed that late, I was really cutting into my repair. And I had to, I think I did that for maybe five, six, seven, eight, nine years. I just thought, yeah, that's just how it is. And finally, I had to start working on it using different things like magnesium, using different combinations of valerian root, passion flower, lemon balm, different products, either from Designs for Health, I used Insomnitol, I've used Neurocom, I've used Senatol, probably my first product I really enjoyed by Metagenics to help me calm my brain down, because I do have low GABA, calm my brain down and get into sleep, or at least have the desire to not stay up. That's the biggest thing, is not having the desire. Secondly is, yeah, I've been tired, you know, rolling around the couch and not gone to bed. So there's two things. I worked on the desire to sleep, okay? And I actually worked on falling asleep. Those are two different things. And then as of late, I've worked a lot on my habits to improve sleep, which is, okay, blue light glasses as soon as the sun's going down. That helped a little bit more. Um, one of my our, uh, our old coaches that were on here were before with us, Sarah Fennell, uh, reminded me of candles. Using candles in the evening as she does that to not have light stimuli, but have one that's more adept to who we were, evolutionary. So I started using, as soon as I go upstairs, it's candles. It's not light in the bedroom. It's not anything. I use only candles when I go upstairs to do my journaling and my and my breath work and my meditation. And again, less stillness to the brain. I slept deeper again. And then adding breath work back in, journaling. Journaling, meditating before bed has been a staple for me. Putting that all together has really helped um, my sleep improve and turn from being a major night owl into someone that's okay being in bed at 10 o'clock and sleeping pretty much through the night. The last little piece was Wi-Fi because my room's over the Wi-Fi. Getting my my uh, youngest daughter, Jayla, to switch that off at night has been a game changer. No more waking up in the middle of the night when the Wi-Fi is off. And I've been able to track that in a chart and go, yep, I'm up. Wi-Fi was on. I don't know when she turns it off. I just know the next day. And then I ask her and my chart's been pretty much bang on. So those have been a couple of things I've done to really work on your sleep. And why am I telling you this? I'm not just babbling. I want you to understand that sleep is a process. It's not something where you take a magnesium and your sleep is perfect. Depending on what their brain is like. And like I've been talking about being low GABA. One of the other things we teach in our transformation mentorship is a Braverman test, which is about our neurochemistry, our neurotransmitters. What are you deficient in? Uh, the major four of obviously GABA, serotonin, acetylcholine, and dopamine. Well, if you have a client and they are GABA deficient, they are going to be more awake during night or have a harder time falling asleep. Or if they have low serotonin, they may wake up a lot in the night. For me, it's been low GABA. So that's why I've been referencing that. But it was a process to change my chemistry and my habits to get me into sleep later. And what did I notice? I've always been able to get up in the morning. That's never been a problem for me. For me, it's how early I get up and my tiredness in the afternoon throughout the day. And that's one thing I noticed, no more tiredness in the afternoon, uh, better appetite, less cravings. In essence, being a leaner me now with less effort. So that's uh, my kind of story of my uh, my sleep journey. And like you said, notice that's been over 15, 20 years working. I'd say more like 15, 10 years working on sleep. Before that, I didn't really care. I knew I had to sleep. My dad told me that it's not how long you're sleeping, son, it's when you get to sleep. I remember him telling me that when I wasn't growing 
when I first started working out, you got to get to bed by 10 o'clock. That's the time your body starts repairing. And I was like, huh? Well, I sleep eight hours. Who cares if I sleep from midnight to eight or one to nine? He's like, no, it's when you go to bed. That's the that's what matters and the quality. And it always stuck with me. And again, I went out, studied, learned it. And I'm like, my dad was right. Sure enough, when you sleep makes a big part of that quality of sleep. So keep that in mind, coaches out there, as that's a big game changer for you. So let's recap um, the big three hormones that affect that are affected by poor sleep and how that affects your fat loss. Number one, insulin. So sleep isn't great. It's going to affect insulin. And that's going to affect how we put on body fat, our appetite, our cravings, everything. Because as we stay up at night, insulin will be released more in a higher amount when we eat food. That's a big game changer. Number two, staying up late is a safety and a warning signal. So cortisol will be elevated in order to drive us to stay awake, whether it's from light or being nervous or TV or something or from food. So cortisol is the next one. If cortisol is chronically elevated, we put on body fat in our midsection and disrupt other basic functions, okay, like digestion, sleep, appetite, maybe even thyroid. And then lastly, growth hormone. Not having great sleep will disrupt growth hormone release, which is our major fat-burning hormone uh, and musculature hormone that we release at night. So that's a, a big three kind of recap on why we should be working on that, as well as a host of other things from digestion, uh, mood, appetite, motivation to train, motivation to eat well. All these things tie in with better sleep. So I think you can get a, a pretty good idea now. If your client isn't working or is it moving through the transformation how you want them to? And you guys are feel like you're running an uphill battle. Go back and look at sleep, dissect it, make it better. Take your time. Use everything from supplementation to as well working on things like behavioral, uh, lifestyle. All these things will add together. And once you find that combination, you'll see their fat loss start to move and accelerate again. So I hope you guys and gals enjoyed that out there. This talk on why sleep should be your first and number one thing to work on in your fat loss journey. If you're a coach, you want to learn more about things such as this, such as sleep and other things, the big three hormones and so much more. Uh, on Instagram, we are Transformation Mentorship. Okay, so follow us on there. Uh, comment uh, and follow and ask questions. Uh, or you can go to our website if you want to find out more about our Transformation Mentorship when our next one is coming up in the fall and the summer www.transformationmentorship.ca. So I think on that note, I'm out of here. I'm going to go train, smash some legs and get my body ready to go to bed. <laughs> so you guys have a great week and I will see you guys next time. Thank you so much for joining us here on this episode today. Let's hang out over on Instagram at Transformation Mentorship and better yet, Take a screenshot of this episode, upload it to stories, tag us, and let us know what you loved about the episode. We'll see you next time.